0: You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Wednesday, the 21st of October, which means if you live in West Virginia, in-person voting started for you today. So go out there and vote early, people, because remember, the closer we get to Election Day, the more expensive the candidates will become, which means if you wait until November to vote, you may not be able to afford the can... No, sorry, I'm thinking of airline tickets. Sorry, my bad. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, the government starts a war with Google, Democrats are on the cusp of a blue wave, and Chris Rock joins us on the show to talk about his standout role on the new season of Fargo. So let's do this, people. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's
1: couch in New York City to your
0: couch somewhere in the world, this is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears Edition. Let's kick things off with Google, the search engine that's constantly trying to finish your, no, 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 your sentences. Its dominance has raised concerns in the Justice Department for years. And now they're finally doing something about it.
2: Now to the blockbuster antitrust lawsuit against Google tonight, the Justice Department accusing the tech giant of being a monopoly gatekeeper for the internet. They claim the tech giant has been engaging in anti-competitive tactics, paying phone manufacturers and tech companies billions to allow Google to be their default search engine. Prosecutors alleging the ties were so deep, a senior Apple official wrote, our vision is that we work as if we are one company. Today, Google responded saying the lawsuit is deeply flawed and would do nothing to help consumers. Google says this would only pop up lower quality search engines.
0: Yo, Google versus the U.S. government. Oh, this is gonna be huge. And honestly, I don't know who's gonna win because the U.S. government has a lot of experience here. They broke up Standard Oil. They broke up AT&T. I mean, they even broke up NSYNC. Uncle Sam is heartless. On the other hand, this is Google. This is Google they're going up against, people. Are you sure you want this smoke? I mean, they can probably just tweak their algorithms a little bit and then kill the entire investigation. Okay, now to win this case, I just need to Google this antitrust law. Wait a second, all my results are child porn. I don't want this, undo, undo, I didn't ask for this. Oh no, now I have to arrest myself. And honestly, I get where Google is coming from, man. Like I tried using Yahoo search the other day and even Yahoo was like, "Uh, I don't know, hold on, let me Google it. That's a tough one, but to be fair, This is what monopolies do. They get rid of all their other competition and then say that they're the best, which is technically true, but it's also partly because of their actions. You know, it's like if a guy named Greg set up a dating app where the only option was Greg. How about Greg? No, I want to see someone else. Swipe left. Okay, well, can I interest you in Greg? No. What about Greg? Okay, I guess I'll take Greg. Fine choice, milady. Staying in the world of tech, Last night, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, New York Congresswoman and supreme villain of your uncle's Facebook feed, decided to pick up her controller to own the noobs and get out the game of votes.
3: Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she made her debut on the streaming gaming service Twitch, urging everyone to vote.
1: If you are able to vote, we are here, IWillVote.com um make sure that you make your voting plan exactly.
3: nearly half a million people I'm tuned in for aoc's nervous. first ever twitch um, stream that's the
1: third largest audience ever it. oh wait, toast is the other imposter okay
0: oh. how do i get in there <gasps> now this is what i'm talking about aoc for the win not only because she's helping to get young people to the polls but because it gives me a great excuse to spend all day playing video games. Yeah, mom, I am playing Call of Duty all day because our democracy is at stake. Take that, Jimmy, you camping bitch. And don't forget to vote. And it's funny how politicians show you their age based on how they think they need to campaign. Because you can tell AOC's young, right? She connects to voters through online gaming. And then Kamala does events on Zoom. And then Joe Biden greets shoppers at Walmart. So kudos again to AOC, cause this is a great way to appeal to young voters. And it's much better than that time that Trump live streamed himself playing Wolfenstein and said that there were fine people on both sides. Speaking of Trump, a few weeks ago, the New York Times reported that he hadn't paid any taxes in years. But now it turns out he was paying taxes, just
2: to a different country. The New York Times now reports that Mr. Trump pursued a range of business projects in China for years and even maintains a previously unknown Chinese bank account. Trump spent a decade chasing business deals in China without success. A Trump organization lawyer told the Times the company opened the Chinese account to pay local taxes and no deals ever materialized. According to the Times, Trump International Hotels
3: Management is the Trump company with the Chinese bank account and which the tax records Show paid more than $188,000 in taxes in China while pursuing licensing deals there from 2013 to 2015.
0: Well, well, well. Turns out someone had a secret bank account in China. Maybe that's why Trump has had beef with the Chinese all these years. I mean, you know how annoying bank fees can be? One time, I tried to withdraw money, but they said have had no money but then they charged me for not having any money, which makes no sense because they know I don't have money. So that's why we did a trade war. And look, remember, it's not necessarily weird that someone like Donald Trump has a Chinese bank account. What is weird is that he kept it a secret from the American people. Like if you have a photo of Don Cheadle, it's kind of weird, but whatever. But if you have a photo of Don Cheadle locked inside a giant safe, then it's like, what are you doing with that picture, man? Now, on the other hand, maybe you want an American president who pays taxes to China. I mean, this way, when he's sitting down with Xi, he can say things like, listen, buddy, I pay your salary, and this is what I think needs to happen. Now, I'm willing to bet that Trump wishes he had that Chinese tax money back in his pocket, because with less than two weeks to go before the election, his campaign is almost broke. I know, which is really surprising for a Trump enterprise. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has been setting fundraising records every month, and some of that money is coming from a whole new type of fundraiser.
2: The cast of Veep is reuniting to put Joe Biden in the White House. Fonzie, Richie, Potsy, and other members of the Happy Days cast are reuniting for one night only. The virtual event is a fundraiser supporting the Democratic Party of Wisconsin.
3: It's an Avengers reunion today for Biden and Harris. An all-star cast is hoping people cast their ballots for Joe Biden. The entire leading original cast of Hamilton performed the song, The Room Where It Happens, as part of a virtual fundraiser for the presidential nominee. Cast members of the hit comedy, Seinfeld, will reunite for a virtual
4: fundraiser for the Texas Democratic Party. The event named a fundraiser about something will take place on Friday at 8 p.m. Yes, the costs of Hamilton, Veep, and
0: even Seinfeld are getting back together to raise money for the Democrats. And not only that, but Emily in Paris promised that if they get enough donations, they won't make another season. And personally, I hope it doesn't stop with these Zoom reunions. I mean, if Biden can get the cost of Seinfeld to make another season, yo, best believe he'll win the election by, like, 40 points. Because, come on, How bad do you want to see a Seinfeld set in pandemic New York? George would claim he has COVID just to get out of work. Kramer would be selling bootleg hand sanitizer he made in his bathtub. Elaine would be dating a pharmacist to get the vaccine quicker. And then Jerry would probably break up with a beautiful woman just because she wears her mask slightly below her nose. She's leaving her nose uncovered. She's a nose nudist. But I do feel bad for Donald Trump. The guy's at a huge disadvantage when it comes to big reunions because no one in Hollywood likes him. Although luckily for him, there is one blockbuster reunion coming up to show support.
2: Coming this Friday, a reunion to support the Trump campaign featuring all the villains from Star Wars. For a donation of just $50,000 or dirt on Joe Biden, you can watch a table read featuring all your favorite bad guys. Darth Vader. Trump is the only candidate of law and order. Emperor Palpatine. Jabba the Hutt, that robot guy with the arms, and Jar Jar Binks. Misa off the Democrat
0: plantation.
2: And for another 50 grand, stick around and hear the villains reveal behind-the-scenes moments. I could've stopped Luke from kissing Leia. I just didn't want to. A one-time event live streamed from Don Jr.'s Instagram account. Do your part to make the galaxy great again. Let the
1: hate flow through you. All
0: right, we gotta take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll take a look at why Lindsey Graham is begging you for money. And Chris Rock is joining us on the show later, so don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. With less than two weeks to go until election day, most of the attention is on the presidential race. But don't forget, the Senate is also in the balance. And that's just as critical because Joe Biden could win the White House, but if the Republicans control the Senate, well, then they'll just block his entire agenda. In many ways, having the White House without having the Senate is like getting an iPhone without a charger. Yeah, congrats, you own a $1,000 rectangle. So with many crucial Senate seats up for grabs, let's check in on some of the most crucial races in our latest edition of VoteGasm 2020. We start in South Carolina, the state that's just there to make North Carolina seem reasonable. Lindsey Graham, the Republican incumbent and the nation's only possum senator, is currently facing a tough battle against Democrat challenger and Kimi Schmidt's best friend, Jamie Harrison. And Lindsey's in trouble, folks, because not only is he neck and neck with Harrison in the polls, but Harrison just blew away the all-time record for most money raised in one quarter which is why Lindsey Graham has been doing a lot of this. I'm getting outraged three to one, outspent four to one. If you want to help me
5: fight back, go to LindseyGraham.com. Five or ten bucks from half your audience would fill in the gap that I'm facing. Get on our websites, mm-hmm. LindseyGraham.com. Five or ten bucks goes a long way. LindseyGraham.com, help me if you want to help me. LindseyGraham.com, LindseyGraham.com, LindseyGraham, LindseyGraham.com, Lindsaygram. Lindsaygram. help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. You need to have my my back, please, LindseyGraham.com.
0: God damn it, man. Lindsey doesn't sound like he's running for Senate. He sounds like he's being held hostage by Somali pirates. Help me, help me, send money. They said that they are the captain now. It's honestly sad to watch though because Lindsey Graham has basically turned Fox News into one long infomercial for his campaign. Although Fox News usually airs ads for adult diapers anyway, so their viewers are used to seeing a grown man crapping his pants. I also love how when you cut his desperation together, it sounds like a brand new country hit. Lindsey Graham Lindsey help me, help me, Lindsey Graham But at least Lindsey and the Republicans are still ahead in South Carolina. Because in Iowa, Republican Senator Joni Ernst is trailing a couple points behind her Democratic challenger, Teresa Greenfield. And it didn't help Ernst that at their last debate, she failed to answer a farming question that apparently everyone in Iowa should know.
1: My question is a simple ag question. Teresa Greenfield, you answer. First, what's the break-even price for a bushel of corn in Iowa this week?
3: <laughs> well, a bushel of corn is going for about 368 today, 369 And break-even really just depends on the amount of debt someone has.
1: I'm not a mistake, but I don't think you answered my question. What's the break-even price for soybeans in Iowa? You grew up on a farm. You should know this.
4: Uh, I think you had asked about corn, and I—it depends no, I, on. No,
1: I asked her corn. It depends on Greenfield. what
4: the inputs are, but probably about five fifty.
1: Well, you're a couple dollars off, I think, here because it's ten oh five. So, well, we'll move on to something else then. Uh. Well,
4: and I ahead. and, and well, I don't think Miss Greenfield this. answered either. Uh, she actually did. <laughs> with the price of corn, we had asked for the price of soybeans from you, Senator. You want to take another crack at it? No, thank you.
0: Okay, wow. This is the most Iowa controversy imaginable. Because remember, Iowa is all about farming. So, not knowing the break even price of soybeans is a pretty big deal. You know, it's like how in Nevada, everyone should know the price of a gambling license, or how everyone in New Jersey should know what a hitman costs. Well, you know, it all depends. Is he leaving the body in the street as a message? Is he chopping it up and throwing it in the river? Because that's going to cost extra. You know, that's like a deluxe package. And, you know, I get why they ask questions like these, but the truth is, if you want to find out if someone is ready to be a U.S. senator, you shouldn't ask them if they know the price of soybeans. You should ask them how to get Mitch McConnell to get their bill up for a vote. And the answer is to gently stroke his neck waddle. Oh, yeah, that, that's the stuff. Oh, get deep in the fold, mm-hmm. that's it, mm-hmm. let's vote. Mm-hmm. I will say, Trump better pray they don't ask him any of these questions at the debates on Thursday because there is no way he knows what anything costs. That is so important because it was terrible under Obama and he spied on my campaign. We caught him red-handed and nobody's talking about it. And that's why Barisma's stealing the ballots but we're gonna stop them. And in fact, we've already stopped them. I'm sorry, Mr. President, the question was, how much is a gallon of milk? Burisma. And finally, let's take a look at Georgia, the world's top producer of mumble wrappers. Georgia is usually a safe Republican state, but right now, Republican Senator David Perdue is struggling to keep a razor thin lead against Democratic challenger, John Ossoff. And Senator Perdue had a couple of options to increase his lead. Either reach out to the state's growing minority population or whip up the Trump base. And this week he seems to have made his choice. Republican Senator David Perdue of Georgia is
3: facing backlash after appearing to purposefully mispronounce the name of Democratic vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris during a Trump campaign rally in Georgia on Friday. Here's what he said.
1: But the most insidious thing that Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden are trying to perpetrate and Bernie and Elizabeth and Kamala or what Kamala or Kamala Kamala, 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 I don't know, whatever.
3: Perdue has served in the Senate
0: alongside Harris for nearly four years. Come on, man, really? How are you gonna pretend that you don't know how to say her name when you've been coworkers who see each other all the time for years? You know, if anything, Perdue is just showing off that he doesn't pay attention at work. It's like hearing someone on the Lakers say that they're teammates with Lebron James. Like, dude, you've been checked out for a while, haven't you? The question is, why would Senator Perdue act like Kamala Harris's name is that hard to say? Kamala, Kamala, Malama, what, what is he doing? Is he making a racist joke? Was, was he doing racism? Well, that sounds like a case for Trevor Noah, racism detective. Yeah, it's racist. All right, we have to take a quick break, but don't go away because when we come back, Michael Costa learns what professional liars think about Donald Trump and Chris Rock is still coming up. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. After any presidential debate, pundits of all types get together to break down what the candidates said and what it all meant. But well, Michael Costa decided to gather a panel of experts uniquely suited to a presidential debate with Donald Trump. Check it out.
1: Every time Trump tells a lie, I paid millions of dollars in taxes, the media comes at him with a raging truth boner. We
4: rate that as false. This is so false, I think it's safe to say it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, Trump lies. If fried chicken isn't going in, a lie is coming out. But I wanted to dig a little deeper. So for the last presidential debate, I gathered three professional liars. Brett Johnson, former FBI Most Wanted con man, Timon Krause, hypnotist, and Alexis Conran, magician and deception expert. I wanted to know, were these masters of deception impressed by Trump's lying?
4: Trump's followers and listeners are almost in a constant state of trance, where his simple messages get through, but they're not being critically challenged. He makes sure that the critical thinking of the listeners is uh, eliminated. I would add in,
3: what is the expectations of the person that you're lying to? Do they want to believe your lie? We have this perception that the people that are followers of Donald Trump or that fall for scams are idiots, are stupid, are ignorant. They're not. It's just that
1: they're looking to make sense out of something that doesn't make sense. People want to be deceived. Like when my high school girlfriend told me she was going to prom with the football captain, but just as a joke, boy, if that poor guy only knew. In speaking of public humiliation, in the first debate, I thought Trump was a mess. Oh really? He totally, didn't get but a no, a half hey, hey, Mr. President is totally, totally president, please. Totally Bastard discredited. Class. But these guys liked his aggressive style. He's just showing confidence
3: and dominance over his opponent, over the moderator, because what he's saying is,
1: I don't care about the rules. Ah, power move. He's saying, I got your debate rules right here. You can't see because it's on Zoom, but I, I just grabbed my crotch. Trump's style might have annoyed some voters, but maybe he was trying to connect with another group he could spend the next four years with. I served seven and a half years in federal prison. What we saw in the debate was basically a prison debate. There's debates in prison, like podiums in the yard next to the bench press. Sick. No, 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 no. This
3: is might versus right. Loudness just boiling over, just steamrolling over your opponent.
1: Brett, you're the only one I'm talking to right now that I can't actually see their background. Are you still in prison? <laughs> it's like, no. And as a professional hypnotist, Timone claims
4: the great Trumpini was using some of his spellbinding techniques. Much like a skilled hypnotist, Trump is using imagery to his advantage. One way to put someone into hypnosis is using sensory overload. So I could say, focus on your breathing, the rate of your blinking, my words, your heart rate, and then deliver a simple message like sleep and it's gonna go by unchallenged because you're not thinking critically. Trump does that a lot. He says, we need better forest management, then suddenly he focuses on the clean forest and the leaves on the floor. At a certain point, his audience is in an almost trance-like state and he delivers his simple message, something like, and that's why you gotta vote for me.
1: No, I'm gonna vote for Trump. That's always been my plan from day one. In the most talked about moment of the debate, Trump seemed to whiff on a softball question. Boys, stand back and stand by. But these professional liars claim he knocked it out of the park.
3: Trump almost got himself into real deep trouble there. So then what happens is Trump turns into a magician. And he's asked to condemn, okay? And he uses the word condemn. It's right there, he says, who do you want me to condemn? But in a split second, as if by magic, oh,
1: I'll do that again. Alexis, when someone says, hey, there's just two cards there, and when you hit it, you just flit it with your finger, how do you handle that? I say, I don't know what you're talking about. Just denounce the trick, Alexis. Uh. And after Alexis finally nailed his card trick, he talked me through how to spot a con on both sides of the aisle. You saw Biden at his best when he talked
3: about that empty chair at the dinner table because you've lost someone to COVID-19. As a con man, uh, you want to put people in a situation, something that is going to be familiar to them. That is a universal image. And I thought that was really clever.
1: Wow. These guys can see through the deception like lines of code in the Matrix. So are they in awe of bullshit's chosen one? Would you vote for Trump because he's a great liar, just like you three? Or would you never vote for him because he's horning in on what you do?
3: you got to hand it to him, but would I ever vote for him? Hell no,
1: never. Absolutely not. Brett? Well, you know, felons can't vote. Okay. Is there respect because he's in the same class as you? Or is there disrespect because he's he makes it look ugly what you've done masterfully, even though you were convicted of 39 counts.
3: I have no respect for a guy like that. No way
1: no way out all I could vote for him, no way. You know, that's the first time I've felt like you're truly speaking from the heart. Yeah. And that's the God's honest truth,
0: I think. Thanks for that, Michael. All right, when we come back, I will talk to the one and only Chris Rock. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with the legendary comedian and actor, Chris Rock. We talked about him starring in the new season of Fargo and what it's like to live a brand new life. Chris Rock, welcome uh, to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Yes. Good to have you here. Um, I feel like it's, it's you, you, are, you are a human being who has, after Tambourine, your special, Tambourine felt like it was a turning point in your life and I feel like you have been on a journey of, like, just creating, like, the renaissance of Chris Rock, you know? <laughs> it, 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 like, Tambourine was a point where you talked about family and, and, and your marriage and what happened after that. And you've been really open about going to therapy and changing your life and changing your mind. Now you're in Fargo, you know, in a role that, I, like, I don't think any of us would ever dreamed of seeing you. Have you, ever, have you ever even played a villain before? I've never...
5: You know what? I, like, did one episode of, uh... Oh God, Empire, uh, and I did uh, I did this movie Nurse Betty years ago, with Morgan Freeman. It was a little movie where we we're kind of hitmen. But you know, when you this is like a series, so you got to be a you know a villain for ten weeks. So yeah, it's real easy to be exposed in this in this realm. But you know, I'm I'm an old black man. I got I got
0: anger. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I summon it. <laughs> your, your, your performance is electric. Your, your, your vibe is different. You're playing a villain who also like, I mean, we, we like at the same time. I guess we like we like the essence of the character. We almost go like, well, this is the life of crime that he was thrust into and he just he just lives it.
5: Yeah, it was, you know, black man, 1950. So it's like his choices weren't vast. You know what I mean? So you you root for him because they're like, wow, this guy actually created a comfortable life for himself and his family. I mean, he's got the flaws of every criminal. Every criminal, every criminal thinks they're smarter than they think they are. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're smarter than you think they are, but they're not as smart as they think they are. And, you know,
0: we'll we'll, we'll see what happens to him. But, you know, if you watch enough Fargo, you know where this is going. I also like the premise. I feel like, like just one part of the story, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched, but one of my favorite parts is how you have to raise each other's children as just like a measure of keeping the peace, which I think could actually be a fantastic thing to do in America. Like maybe maybe that's the solution to how Americans care about each other. You, you, you swap kids in the country, you know, Republicans and Democrats swap your babies at birth. <laughs> I'll take some MAGA kids.
5: Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> I don't know if my kids want to
0: leave. Uh, you know, their their posh uh, <laughs> living conditions. But yeah, I'll take a couple of MAGA kids. What do you What do you make of everything that's going on in, in the country? Is this now the craziest now, or does it just feel like it because we're living now? Is it the
5: craziest? It's ultimately like, what's going to be the ask? Okay, we're rioting and we're shutting down cities and we have all the attention right. of the right. whole world. Like we're like, oh, this is gonna change everything. But yeah. what are we really asking for? Are we asking and are we asking for things that the powers that be will have to make real renovations to happen? Cause we say we were here in the 60s, but the ask was actually not that great. Like, oh, we're asking to sit on a lunch counter with you. That's not really a big, that doesn't really require anything from the powers that be. Right, right. You know what I mean? Taking down colored signs. I mean, so, you know, you had a situation, whatever years ago, it's Martin Luther King, it's Andrew Young, it's Abernathy, it's all these guys and they have an audience with the richest government in the history of the world. And they didn't ask for any money. They didn't ask for like, they didn't ask for anything that
0: couldn't have been done with the snap of a finger. It feels, yeah, but like, I feel like the, the money could would have been easier when, because when you think about that lunch counter and you think about, think of it this way, like as comedians, right? When we're at the comedy cellar, or one of those places and you're at the comedy table, for somebody to sit at the comedy table when they're not a comedian, is quite an ask, you know? If an audience member was like, yo, can I sit at this table? We'd be like, I, I don't think that that is humanly possible, but we would be willing to give you that's a hundred
2: dollars.
0: No. They don't belong at the table. But that's how they felt about black people in America at the time. Yeah, but you're talking about how they, who gives a
5: f- how they felt? How do we feel about ourselves? Interesting. If we felt, if we felt about ourselves as equals, we would have said f- your lunch counter. Like, do you really give a f- about a lunch counter? I would rather, if you told me we had equal education but had to sit at separate lunch counters, okay, cool. If you said we had equal uh, access to capital- Interesting. Money to have businesses, but we had to sit at separate lunch counters, okay. Like who gives up, I don't give a f- about sitting with white people. I care about opportunity for my children. Can my kids go to school easily and get the same education as a white man. Uh, can my kids, you know, if my kids wanted to start a business, do they have that opportunity?
0: All this other shit is cosmetic. It's just clothes, dude. So now what's the ask? Well, that's a good question. Cause I mean, like now it feels like, now it feels like the ask has become a lot more than just a, a lunch counter. Now the ask has been like, let's look at your board of directors. Let's look at the people yeah, you hire. Let's look at the police. Possible. Let's look at, you know what I mean? It feels that's like the
5: ask, this about, is a different ask in 2020 with the mindset that we're equal. That, you know, they're not only equal, shit, we had to live at the bottom, we're kind of just, there's parts of us that are superior because we've had to live underwater, damn near, so we can hold our breath longer than you. But that's the real deal. This other, wanting to be a part of something is bullshit. You know, Jackie Robinson got to play baseball. Oh, that's a great thing. No, the motherfuckers got to play with him. That's what I'm trying to say. They got to play with him. And you realize when Jackie Robinson got to play baseball, it destroyed the Negro Leagues, some of the only
0: black businessmen that were making real capital at the time. Right. I hear what you say. It's equity at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like... It's like, having having a stake in your own future. Having a real stake in your own future. I mean, yeah, the, the, the scribes of the civil rights
5: movement were great, but don't get them confused with like real things.
0: The things we got were, you know, we deserved. Right. It's not a, yeah, it's not a, um, it's not a gift and it's not a privilege.
5: Yeah, it's not a privilege to be treated humanely. You know what I mean? When you, when you release a hostage, it's not like they don't have a party. They're just like, oh, good. Like, oh, I'm glad that shit's over. Right. You know? And that's you know, black people would be like basically hostages in our own land.
0: Yeah Look at us.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Chris Rock and Trevor Noah (laughs) passing it out
0: (laughs) breaking it Um, down. I feel like in some ways the journey America has been on now is not dissimilar to the journey you've been on over the past maybe let's say year and a half where it's been a, an extreme journey of introspection and also self-work. I mean, maybe Chris Rock's journey has paid off sooner. You, you were doing what, like nine, 11 hours of therapy a day? I'm still, do, I'm doing about seven a week right now, yeah. What, explain to me what, like, how, how you even do that? Like, uh, what is the, are you trying to finish yourself? What's the, what, you're uh, trying to finish a video game. What are you doing? I do two shrinks. I do uh, a group and I do
5: a learning specialist. That's, that's for people. And yeah, I do it like, put it this way, if I was working on my body, that's not a long time. Right, I'm sure The Rock does that just on, you know, just on leg day. You know what I mean? Just on his legs. So I have the resources, and you know, I noticed certain patterns in my life that I was tired of repeating. Uh huh. And yeah, man, I'm just exploring a lot of things. I'm doing doing ayahuasca Friday night with a shaman and the whole thing. I'm like.
0: Doing deep, I'm diving deep, Trevor Noah. I'm excited for you, I'm happy for you as a human being, as a friend, as a fan. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the next, what the next chapter is gonna be like. I'm excited to see what you're gonna do. And I,
5: boy, so you, are you covering this all the way to election day, like? Covering it all the way, sir. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's gonna happen. Right? I don't know. Neither, neither outcome would shock me. Yep. Neither outcome would shock me. Uh, but I'm hoping for change. So, you know, I feel like I'm I'm with Mr. Biden. So yeah, I said it. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in celebrity endorsements anyway. I don't believe, (laughs) I mean, I do them, but it's not, like I don't think anybody's like, I was thinking about voting for Trump till Chris Rock said that. <laughs> I don't, only one person is like, hey, man, I was just getting ready to write in Trump, but I remembered how much I like Pootie Tang,
0: and I said... Chris Rock, thank you for taking the time, my friend. Look after yourself. Take care. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, we're partnering with the World Central Kitchen for their new Chefs for the Polls program, They're activating local food trucks, restaurants, and caterers owned and operated primarily by people of color to serve food to people in voting lines, especially in underserved communities where the voting lines are historically longer. And don't forget, tomorrow is the final presidential debate before the election, and possibly ever. We'll be doing live commentary during it, so follow us on social media so that you don't miss out. Until tomorrow, though, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, if you assume everyone around you is Borat, you can never get borat The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition.
2: Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook,
1: Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive
2: content and more.